Hi, this is Robert Schuler with Melissa's Produce, and you're listening in on Cord Vines and Dye. Hey everybody, this is Bill Payne from Little Feet, and you're listening to Chords, Lines, and Dines. Sunday. Hi, Tom. Happy Sunday to you, too. Happy Sunday. You know who we were just listening to? We were listening to Bill Payne from Little Feet. Who was our very special guest today. you coming up with some wonderful guests. <laughs> and you've got such a history with Little Feet. I do. Yeah, I, I go back a long time with those guys. And you can tell, too, that you are so loved by them. <laughs> it, during some the interview. of the words that Bill said just really warmed my heart. That so. must have been such a special time in your life, touring around with them. Oh, amazing. Literally around the world. Yep. Jamaica, Scandinavia, Australia, oh, New you. Zealand. Yeah. It was what rough. a rough life <laughs> that was. Backstage, which reminds me of a, a, a real quick story before we get into the interview. BR Cone Winery is owned by Bruce Cone, who's also the manager of the Doobie Brothers. And the Doobie Brothers and Little Feet have a long, close uh, relationship. You'll hear Bill talk about it a little bit. So they were playing uh, a concert at BR Cone Winery. And I was standing on the stage while Little Feet was playing, and there was a gentleman next to me, and he looked so familiar. And we started up a conversation. I kept in the back of my mind going, who is this? I know him. But And so after about 10 minutes, he says, so what have you been up to? And I said, well, I'm getting ready to move to Mexico. He said, oh, I love to go surfing there. And I said, well, how about you? What are you? He said, well, we've got the 25th anniversary of Airplane coming out. It was Robert Hayes, the, the oh, star from Airplane. Oh, that's right. Yep, and I think his brother-in-law was... Uh, the guitar player from Toto, Steve Lukather. So, oh gosh! So that was a thrill. That is. That's a thrill. one of many stories of hanging out with Little Feet. You're gonna have to write a book on your hanging out with Little Feet. You know? <laughs> well, it could happen. You should. You so, should think about that. That would be a good story. I mean, a good book. But wait until you hear uh, some of the name dropping Bill does of uh, some of the people he's worked with through the years. I I know there were so many names, and I I recognized the names, but I had like. Wait a minute, who are they? Who are they? But mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Wonderful. So we got a, a, a busy tomorrow coming up. SoCal Chef Open. It's a benefit for Oak Grove Center. I'm excited. Yeah. So, uh, And you're going to be featured. Yes. Um, one of the Steve Beers from New Life Culinary Creations is going to yes. use Sassy Mama's Orange Marmalade in yeah, his brand dish. new. Brand new. It's going to be its debut tomorrow, and he's putting it into a barbecue sauce. I'm excited. And I'm really excited, too. And We'll have uh, our cameras, and we'll yep. do some interviews. We're going to try. 
That's for sure. With some of the chefs. There's 20 chefs out there. So I just want to let you know, um, before we get into Bill's interview, you're going to hear some hum or background noise, mostly while Bill's talking, because uh, for some technical reason, his audio level was low. So I had to raise him up, and when I did that, it also raised up the background noise. So, But you can hear him clearly. You, you'll, you'll understand what he's saying, but there's just there's a little bit of noise. We're on a shoestring budget here, so we're doing the best we can. <laughs> In other words, who wants to sponsor? We're looking for sponsors. <laughs> yes. Also, i got to say, next Sunday, we're going to be debuting yes, Sean our, Roberts. Uh, inside the Spotlight? Is inside that... the Spotlight, yeah, yes. Yeah, our he... old friend, uh, Sean Roberts. Yes, he is. Um, I met Sean, gosh, I don't know how many years ago, six, seven years ago, yeah. maybe even longer. He was a guest on our original Chords and Vines. And we were a guest on his show. And we were a guest on his show, Your uh, Weekly Dose. Right, which is uh, in hiatus, I guess. Right now, yeah. yeah. And so we, we've we got him uh, for now. Hopefully for a yeah. long, long time. Once a month to start? Is that about the... Yeah, we're doing the uh, third Sunday right. of each month. And he's going to be talking about uh, music industry, maybe doing some reviews of equipment. Great. What's going on in his career, because he is a fabulous musician, uh, singer-songwriter himself. He is. He's very talented. And... Um, I mean, we, we talk to him all the time when we have equipment problems <laughs> Sean, here. Sean, help. <laughs> Sean, I need your help. Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited to have Sean on. Me too. Uh, the third, Like I said, third Sunday of each month, and it will be Inside the Spotlight with Sean Roberts. Before we get into our uh, conversation with Bill, I just wanted to thank our official produce sponsor, Melissa's Produce. Last week I did the uh, jalapeno shrimp stuffed, uh, oh no, it was hatch pepper shrimp stuffed jalapenos. That was so good. A little spicy, but... Yeah, it was spicy. It, it kind of blew my ears out a little bit. <laughs> But the flavor was good. So, and your turn next. I know it's my turn, but I do want to thank them for sending the oranges for me for my uh, orange marmalade. Yeah. Melissa's.com. Yes, and you know that they've got over 1,300 uh, fruits and veggies. At any given time. And at least three recipes on their website to go with each, each one, one of those. So you do the math. <laughs> That's why it takes me forever to figure out what I'm going to do. Right. But it's going to be great. I know it is. And I really look forward to uh, going through the recipes again. I get all sorts of ideas looking at recipes. And then I'll come up with something new for Sassy Mamas. There you go. We'll play the game of food a little later. But in the meantime, let's get into our conversation with Bill Payne. Let's do it. Well, Bill, I think we go back probably 30 years. Do you remember the old AOL chat room? Uh, the AOL chat room, I don't remember. But... Um... It was, God, this thing started out, you're, you're talking about the, Fred's um, hack, let me just, let me back up a second time, because this, this is, when I was out with, with uh, Bob Seeger in 86, I was doing a, an online thing with Forrest Massenburg. We had, he was the only guy that I was in contact with over the internet. It was with Comcast. You're right. When I got back off that tour, and, and a couple of years later, even I just I dropped the whole thing, and Fred goes, "Oh yeah, I'm on this thing called AOL." I go, "Really? What's that?" And I go, "Oh gosh, that's that's like what I was with with, with Comcast." Well, now there's thousands of people on, and so <laughs> uh, that whole thing just sort of 
generated from there and uh, it was a it, it played in too beautifully as, as you're you're pointing out how to communicate with a lot of folks uh, so even though I don't remember the semantics or the I know the semantics of, of AOL in the chat room but I don't know that I ever did I ever participate in that I, I- I think you did, and it was the uh, genesis of a lot of feet fans getting together and getting from all over the country, getting together in one spot at the same time, and it was also uh, what led to the street team. Yeah, well, those things were developed um, to show you how new this whole thing was. The street team was developed. I mean, I started out first of all. The first person I called about any of this was Cat Bauer. I remember Cat. So Yep, so Cat Bauer, Jay Herbst, and it might have been one other person. And we were talking about, well, how do we communicate? Da, 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 da. It wasn't me. And I said, you know, what we're, what we're missing here is, is we can communicate with anybody in the world. One of the guys was from Australia, right? And I said, but, but the thing is this. If you want to know what's going on in Oxnard, California, and you want to communicate with a person in Oxnard, California. Um, you don't need a guy from London to do that. So boots on the ground, as I called it, that's an important concept of of the, and it sounds just like now you go, well, of course it was obvious. Well, it wasn't obvious back when we were starting to do this. That's how new it was. And uh, we were waving it out door. We invented the whole thing. So, uh, so we were, we were, <laughs> it, was, it was brand new I mean, it was the way we handled it the Grateful Dead Andy DeFranco um, John Prime those guys all had an internet structure fan base structure um, but they we, we handled it in, in our own way which, is, which was more of a handshake with our fans which is why the thing really took off for us was once fans figured out, well, hey, we, we, we can meet in Washington, D.C. at this cafe or this restaurant. We'd stay in and around the same area. I mean, it was just people do what they do best, which is they, they improvise and they and they see the uh, um, the obvious signs that, that bring people together. Because up to that point, Tom, as you well know, everybody had this, well, I just know this person from the voice and how I perceive them to look online. When they really got to meet each other, that's when friendships blossomed and where uh, the things were cemented in terms of a, a, a true fan base, not only for Little Feet, but for each other. It was just a, a pretty wonderful thing, I gotta say. I have friendships to this day that uh, I met through uh, Little Feet, George and Pawnee Waskett, uh, Wes Miet, uh, Chris Caffiero, um, they're all friends for life. Yeah, exactly. I got to call off Chris later <laughs> about a couple things. Yeah, Chris That's is your, your archivist, isn't he? He is. And, uh, yeah, I'm writing a book, uh, you guys, and it's um, called Carnival Ghosts. And uh, I, I got to admit that... It, it, <laughs> You know, when you're writing a song or something, that's that's cool. It's it's wonderful. If I do a profile on somebody as a writer, um, I get their story. Every everyone has a, a pretty decent story to tell. 
as I found out. I was wondering if I could put the spotlight on myself to do that. And yes, I can. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's the, the art, of, art of remembering is, uh, even if it were 30 years ago, I'd have a tough time remembering certain things regardless. And, and Neil Park turned me onto a book uh, many years ago. It's called Chronicles of a Death Foretold by Gabriel uh, uh, Marquez. And let's, I don't know the exact number of the people in the town, but let's say it was 33 people witnessed a murder and they all saw it differently. Wow. And, you, and so you, what I found in writing this book is I get together with some people, like from my very first band I was in, which was called the Debonairs, and a couple of them, their memories are different than mine as to how we started or how this event took place and, and then I go you know what it's um, I guess it's my book so I'll, I'll go with my memory on that but there's been other places where I've I said well this is the way this fellow remembers it or this person so I try and include a little bit of both on occasion as well so that's, that's the end. going back to the beginnings of the street team I know you were reaching out to uh a lot of people to try and get this up and running. And I was at home and I lived in San Francisco at the time and the phone rang and uh, my wife handed me the phone and you said, hi, Tom, it's Bill Payne. And I went, uh, pardon, <laughs> Tom, it's Bill Payne from Little Feet. I went, oh, and uh, that was how we first met was on the phone. Well, somebody evidently uh, gave me your number and gave me your uh, credentials on the level of, of your communication and skills and this and that you were exactly the kind of person I I felt little feet needed. We have we as you know Tom it had pretty well hit the wall with, with management at that point. And uh, we began self managing ourselves uh, for a while. Paul, myself and Brad Strickland and um, Steve Wells. We all kind of dove into that boat for a while. But um, we we needed people like yourself that that had um, they were smart about how businesses run, uh, smart about communication, and had an open mind as to uh, what paths might open to us and, and uh, uh, collectively. Because I've always viewed the, the notion of, yeah, some, some people put that curtain down between the stage and, and the audience. There's a reason for it, and I, I, I understand that. But I, I like the, uh, I also like the idea of, of, of the audience and the band and the music and what we all gravitate to and what inspires both sets that we're, we're integral to one another. And I, I once, yeah, oh, you've got a great story, Bill. Well, yeah, I do, but so, so do most people I, I talk to once, once we get into discussing what, what they're into. And uh, I think that's that's been overlooked a, a lot. Um, there's more history books that I read. You know, I read a lot. Uh, right. That, that include the average, what you think of as an average person. I don't even know if average fits the term anymore because people are are, uh, are viewed as average when in fact they're not. <laughs> they're they're uh, uh, the lives people lead, and the longer you, you live, you just kind of go, gosh. I've been pretty lucky to have missed this 
in terms of, of a rock falling off a cliff and crushing, you know, or something. We, we were just kind of dodgeball out there. So we're uh, <laughs> fortunate to be around. That's a good way of putting it. And you you and, and the guys have blessed me with the ability to literally travel the world with you. I've been to Jamaica with you several times, Australia, New yep. Zealand, uh, Scandinavia, and I'll never forget those memories. They're They're just magical. Yeah, you know, and, and thank you, Tom, for that. Um, I got to say too that the what we're currently doing is 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 we're just carrying on with the same with the same thing. The energy of the band right now is is exemplary, and uh, um, uh, we're we're looking to do some recording with Sam Clayton. Oh wow, that's wonderful. Is, Sam is yeah. a, Sam is a neighbor. He lives uh, down the road in Fallbrook. Oh, great. Well, we got a bunch of songs we're going to record for an EP uh, featuring Sam Play. It's a little feat, but it's featuring Sam. I wanted to do this for years. It seemed like everybody else in, in Little Feet uh, at one time were, were recording. You, know, you had Paul and Fred. I think Sean had some recordings. Um, um, I thought, well, gosh, Sam Play not have a blues record. <laughs> what a great idea. It never happened, but that night when we we played a, a concert in Albany at the Egg, and we we're watching it on TV, and I was talking to my manager Brian Penix, and I I threw the idea to him. He he said, "God, Sam sounds great." I think I go, "He sure does." I'd like to do a blues record with the guy, and he was, "Oh, that's a great idea." So that was a year and a half ago. Whenever. Two years ago, perhaps even, but we're finally bringing it to fruition. We have recording with Little Feet uh, for a new record that is scheduled for next year. Uh, so I've been writing with a lot of people, and I'm encouraging people within the band to write. Uh, I was just in New York a few weeks ago, writing with Tony and uh, uh, Scott, Tony Leone and Scott Gerard. So we're going to have, I would say two or three albums worth of material to spread out over a good length of time. So we're we're pretty good place right now. Wonderful. And I know I've been monopolizing the conversation. I want to hand it over to Kat, but I do want to talk uh, about the current lineup of the band. Tell me a little bit more about Tony and Scott. How did they uh, fall into place? Kat Gerard, uh, is I'll mention first, I met him, I want to say seven years ago maybe a little longer he was the musical director for Greg Alman oh wow and I was out on a tour with with uh, the Doobie Brothers and I was from that tour on I was with him up until I guess a year year ago a year and a half ago Uh, but he was the musical director I I listened to him I thought he sounded pretty good Cameron Sears who was managing us when we were going on this tour, which would have been our last tour uh, in 2019, which was the 50th anniversary for us, on the latter stage of that tour, Paul became just ill enough where he he couldn't make the fall tour with us. He just got back from Japan. Uh, we've been touring with him all year uh, with, with success. And, but he was really starting to 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 lose it. He was going into his last uh, his last time here on Earth, and he uh, 
He said, man, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it. Well, we, we got Larry Campbell, Teresa Williams to come out and join us. Um, I wound up singing a bunch of songs I'd never sung before. Right. And, um, and Scott joined us on the last two shows of that tour. And on the first one, uh, the morning, before, that morning, I think, or the evening before, uh, Paul passed away. Yeah. So that was a heck of a way to start with, with Scott. But we did two shows and we, we brought him down to Jamaica. I thought, let's see how this, this feels down there. Does it feel like we should continue this or not? And the answer was yes. And then the uh, pandemic hit uh, <laughs> two weeks later. Uh, well, I, I consider myself very blessed to have uh, known both Paul and Richie. And Richie and I had some really fun times together. I was at his wedding, and they're both just deeply missed. They are. Uh, there's, like Lowell, there's no replacing either one of them any more than you can replace Lowell George. Um, it's not a matter of replacing people. It's a matter of, uh, uh, of, a, of a continuation that Lowell and I used to talk about being flexible enough within, within your music, which is really the core to all we do. Um, and then Kat, um, the music of Little Feet is, is what makes it Little Feet. It makes it Little Feet because of Lowell, but it's, it's not, at least in my mind, and for a lot of fans, it's still Little Feet even without Lowell George. Uh, and I know with some fans too, and there's, there's I, I think few of them, but uh, I'm not denigrating them at all. Uh, but they feel that without Lowell George, it is not Little Feet. And I think, you know, that's, that's just the human condition. We, we talk ourselves into things and, and, um, you know, by doing so, you, you, you can live in that, that little bubble that you create, uh, which is your prerogative to do so, but you, you're missing out on a lot of stuff, you know? Uh, I, I would just put it in these terms. When I listen to Beethoven, I listen to, to Beethoven and the music that he wrote. I, I don't have the, the ability to hear the orchestras that Beethoven first recorded with. It doesn't make it any less Beethoven <laughs> to have somebody else conducting it or, or, or doing it. Uh, it's, it's, it's still that kind of music. I had a guy that was saying, well, why are you playing New Orleans music? You're not from there. And I said, well, I didn't say it to him directly. I said it to the person that brought it up. And I said, well, tell, tell your friend that I play Beethoven, I'm not from uh, Germany. <laughs> I'm from Hamburg. I play Mozart, I'm not from Vienna, Austria. And um, I play Bach, also from Germany. Is that okay with him? <laughs> it's, I'll, I'll dig in a little deeper just, just to complete the thought here, Tom. Sure. In, in 1966, at the Rose Garden in Pismo Beach, California, I went up to hear uh, the Yardbirds. I went to hear the Yardbirds in order to hear Jeff Beck play guitar. Jeff Beck was not there. And so we're listening to this and we're going, well, where's Jeff? You know, we're looking <laughs> and the guy says play guitar and it was Jimmy Page and we go oh well, we, know, we did not know who Jimmy Page was 
not a clue as to who he was. But later on, 20 years later, whatever the heck it was, we put Little Feet together without Lowell. That was one of the things I was thinking about was, all right, you're not going to replace Jeff Pack, but you got Jimmy Page. So you don't have Lowell, but you've got this, this contingent of music. It's a band. It wasn't Lowell, George, and Little Feet. It was a band. So you have, now you got Craig Fuller, who is like an amazing singer, a great songwriter. Uh, you're just adding to the vocabulary of the thing, not taking away from it. Plus, you're allowing people that, that might not have been a, uh, aware of Lowell when we first started, because they were either not born or, or little kids. Now to move in and go, oh, what is it? It's exactly what Lowell and I used to talk about. You like Eric Clapton? Well, maybe you want to find out who Eric Clapton was influenced by. And uh, you start to find a whole array of blues artists that maybe you were unaware of. But that's just the way life works. I, so I'm, I'm proud that Little Feet has continued that tradition of, um, of not blocking out. It's not a matter of blocking out anybody's voice. It's augmenting their voice and showing respect to that voice that is there on a recorded level, but not there in person, and that we carry in our hearts each and every time we get on stage. And it's, it's not much different than when people go, well, how do you keep fifty chicken fresh every night? You've been playing it for 100 years. I said, well, what do you do when you sing happy birthday to somebody? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm off my soapbox now. Uh, Bill, I was curious on, uh, you, you've been hailed pretty much as uh, one of the finest American piano rock and blues musicians, right up there with Elton John. And how did, how did you actually start? What age did you start playing or did you really discover that you had a love for piano and music? Well, I started at age five, um, not counting the age four when I was on my mother's lap, maybe three and a half, when she was playing me music. Um, she played me uh, Vio Con Dios. And was a, the music was, was um, um, Les Paul and Mary Ford. I still have that music uh, today. Um, but to answer your question in full, it, it, my love of music has been there from almost the get-go. I, I start piano lessons because the little girl across the street, Marilyn Newell, was taking piano lessons. I thought, well, she could do it. I'm going to do it. You know, that kind of thing. Because uh, we're, we're little kids. Um, but in seventh grade, my woodshop teachers, Mr. Mr. O'Connell or, or Mr. Connell said, Bill, I'm going to give you a passing grade stay away from the sauce. <laughs> and I realized this guy's thinking of me as a musician. And I kind of knew it because I played recitals and, and you know, Bill Payne will now play the piano in elementary school at a, at a recital there. These assemblies were what we called them. So I'm writing about all this stuff too. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's where it all began. And, uh, I'm writing this book also to, to let people know that I didn't grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a rock and roll piano player. 
the first band I auditioned for was to play drums. Ah. And they happened to have a piano in, in the room. I went over there and stood up, flipped the piano, uh, you know, <laughs> to play the piano, I flipped open the, the uh, uh, I forget what you call it, anyway. I'm playing the piano for these guys, uh, and they go, wait a second, you play the piano? <laughs> I go, I do. So, <laughs> I've been playing for 10 years at that point. I was 15. They go, all right, forget this band. We're going to start another band down the street. We're going to play keyboards. It's called the Debonairs. Uh, here we go. So that was it. I've how, been in bands ever since. How old were you then, Bill? 15. <laughs> wow. I remember attending a rehearsal of yours uh, once, and... Uh, Richie stepped out of the studio and you got behind the drum kit for a few minutes. I, I, I kind of had my jaw drop a little bit. That was fun. <laughs> well, you know, Fred Jackson, he, said he was a drummer too. I can't say that I was really a drummer, but I was just the first thing that popped in my mind having played. My, my brother was a pretty good drummer and uh, Rick, and uh, I would sit behind him every now and then play to the band or play to the Beatles or, you know, whatever. And um, so I guess that's why I wanted to try try drums as the first thing, but uh, keyboards would have been the obvious choice. Bill, I've been lucky enough to, through the years of knowing you to hear a couple of good stories. I'm hoping you wouldn't mind sharing them. Um, there, there was one time you were uh, kind of messing around in the studio with a few of the Doobie Brothers and you played something and uh, my recollection is one of them said, I like that, can we have it? And you said, sure. And then a couple months later, you turned on the radio, and what did you hear? Oh, well, I, let me tell you the full story. Tom. Good, please. This, 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 is, this is again from, uh, uh, from, from, from uh, fourth or fifth grade. Um, I told Tommy Johnson the story. I was in recording their second album, uh, their third album, actually. It was uh, the Captain Me, I believe. And, but the track I was playing on it was the end of the day I probably played like seven or eight tracks I was a little tired I, I played this goofy lick and um, goofy like little Chinese lick and they go I, I said oh stop the tape I don't like that lick they go no 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 we like that lick <laughs> this is Ted Templeman Tom Johnson and I'm arguing about it. I finally went to the studio and I said, look, guys, in fourth, the fourth, fifth grade, I, I, I get called to play an assembly. I'm going, oh, no, what am I going to play? And I, I go up to the keyboard. I get a standing ovation. I play this little Chinese song. <laughs> and walks back to my seat. I get a standing ovation. I go on the playground, get beat up like everybody else. <laughs> and, uh, I said, so 22, 24 years later, Bob Johnson calls me. And it's not like, hello, Bill, how are you? It was like, remember that lick you didn't like? And I go, yeah, I remember. What about it? He says, well, as a result of that story you told and the lick that you played, I went home that night and called that song China Grove. <laughs> I said, where's, where's my publishing? <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're laughing about that. I you, think that's a good story. I noticed you didn't get songwriting credits for that. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, yeah, I love those guys. Uh, Another story I enjoyed is I know that you were a, you played keyboard with uh, Brian Adams on Everything I Do, I Do It for You. 
And that was yeah. at Air Studios in Montserrat. And tell me about the piano at Air Studios. It was Air Studios where it was in London. And we moved there, uh, gosh, middle of the night, like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. The piano that we were playing, it was a Bosendorfer at another studio, was not holding this tuning. I'd flown over there to play for this Robin Hood movie with everything I do, I do for you. Uh, because it was with Morgan Creek, which was the label we were with. Um, by the time I got to the studio, everybody's really tired, as they would be. I, I was, you know, worn out, but, but still more or less on West Coast time, so I, I had some energy to, to spare a little bit. And uh, I brought everybody into the room. I said, I can tell you by the coloration of the keys, this thing's going to sound like a million bucks. And I go, boom, let's, let's, let's record. So we get in there, and the ABLO middle C was sticky. I had to lift it up with my thumb every time I played it. <laughs> and, well, Bud Lang's a producer, and I thought, oh, gosh, I don't want to tell him about this because that's all he'll be listening for is whether I get that note or not. So I didn't say anything up to the recordings, boom, go home, and uh, there we are. And a uh, few years later, I'm playing yet another song for Brian, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's for another movie, The Three Musketeers. And so The Three Musketeers, musically, were Brian, Sting, and Rod Stewart. <laughs> the studio piano is now not a... It's Air Studios, but they moved it to a church. Chris Kimsey, who used to produce the Rolling Stones, is now the engineer. That same A below middle C, even two years later, whatever it was, was supposed to be. And again, I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Probably still sticking. Probably still is. I know. Doesn't anybody ever communicate with these people about it? You think you're a piano tune, you'd, you'd catch it. Right off the bat, because I don't know. You, it's, it's you also recorded with Bonnie Raitt on her uh, Sweet Forgiveness album. And didn't you write a song that's on there, Taking My Time? You no, know, the Taking My Time, I think they had another. I don't think we recorded that song for her from the one I wrote. It might have been a different one. But I did, uh, on another record, um, uh, Streetlights, which was the name of her record. That, that was a song that I wrote. But yeah, I, I, I'd have to look at that album again, Kat, to see if, I, I, I think it was a different, um, um, same titles, because you can't copyright titles, but not the same song that I wrote. Oh, okay. You guys should check that out. Let me know if I'm wrong. Okay, well, <laughs> you got it. Um, I know you had a solo project. Uh, it's been 10, 15 years called Cielo Norte. Do you have any other plans for uh, another solo project? Uh, well, thank you. Uh, I do, actually. And uh, this would be maybe a combination of, of instrumentals and, and me singing. I, I think I'm singing better these days. Uh, but I've got a bunch of songs that I've written with, with Robert Hunter. That just that alone would be worth uh, uh, doing doing a, a record with. Uh, I've also written like nine songs with, with uh, Paul Muldoon, who's a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, 
Uh, oh, I, I hope to get at least one of those songs on a Lofi record. I've written a couple songs with Charlie Starr, which I definitely want on Lofi's album. And one with uh, John uh, Leventhal. Wow. Who is married to uh, Roseanne Cash. Roseanne Cash, yes. We, we have a, John and I have a great song there. Uh, my son and I, Evan, and I have written a, a few songs as well. And So whether they get on a Lofi record or not, um, um, I would certainly want to get them on one of my albums and it looks like that that could be a prize to, it, again it's like a two or three album set wonderful there's a lot of music there so we'll see we'll see what happens two of my so favorite oh, management by the way uh, we finally have management that, that can make that sort of thing happen um, and they're called Vector they're they're out of uh, Nashville Ken Levitan and Brian Penix um, are two people that I adore as human beings and uh, just people that can get things done so um, I want to make sure I reach them Congratulations Two of my favorite songs of yours are Gringo and Representing the Mambo and uh, years ago I was at the gym one morning and I would take my little Walkman and put my headphones on and as you know there's a was a community of tape traders back then and I got a tape from, I think it was Bob Adamson. It might have been a show at the Birchmere. So I'm on the treadmill and I'm listening and go, well, I'm sending the song out to Tom Plant. I know he's not here, but uh, Tom, the, this is for you. Here's Gringo. And I was almost fell off the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Tom, that's, thank you for, for that story. Um, it's, it's just great that, that having... Uh, I, I did, we just I really played that song and so uh
stars and stripes out in the cold. Oh, it's been 
Fred Tackett. Billy Payne. Richie Hayward on drums. John Murphy. Gringo is absolutely one of my favorite Little Feet songs, and it was written by Bill, and that's Bill on lead vocal, of course, and the incredible keyboards. He's awesome. Amazing. I can't wait to meet him. Uh, you will. I'm, I'm anxious. Yeah. I, I'm rapidly becoming a little, a big Little Feet fan. I've About always liked them, but I mean becoming even a bigger fan. It's about time. It's about time. Better late than never, right? So anyway, that's just uh, the beginning of our interview, with our conversation with Bill. And we'll uh, re resume it after we uh, chit and chat and play the game of food. Game of food. Oh, my favorite game. Your cards are right there, so I'll get you started with the category of ingredients. Oh, jeez. Which animal's milk has the highest percentage of butterfat? Is it A, sheep, B, goat, C, cow, or D, human? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was just thinking of cheeses, and I'm like, going, uh, I don't think so. Um, I would say sheep. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct, ma'am. Oh, my goodness. I got one right. Okay, what do you want? Regional dishes or cooking tools and techniques? Let's go regional. Regional. Your typical Rochester garbage plate may feature all the following except macaroni salad, pickled peppers, hamburger patties, or home fries. I have no clue, so I'll go with home fries. Eh, pickled peppers. Oh, okay. Well, again, you're whooping me. Rochester garbage plate. That's very interesting. People and pop culture should be right up your alley. Oh, yeah. Okay. In, in 2015, the New York Times enraged the nation 
by recommending the addition of this ingredient to guacamole. Is it A, Greek yogurt, B, sunflower seeds, C, white fish salad, or D, peas? Oh, that does those <laughs> sound good. What was the first one? First one was Greek yogurt. I'd say Greek yogurt. <laughs> peas. Oh, that was my other choice. <laughs> I thought, well, peas are green. It would probably just kind of yep. mix right in. Okay, cooking tools and techniques. The ultra slick, now controversial substance Teflon was patented by the DuPont Company in 1945 for the original purpose of making A, nonstick pans, B, medical catheters, C, nuclear bombs, or D, extra strong fishing wire. I'm going to go with B. Medical catheters? Yes. Eh. Fishing line? Nuclear bombs. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, once again, you beat me. You keep saying that I'm killing you, but that uh, doesn't work out that way in reality. Well, let's go back from the beginning. You've got more right, but I'll right. I'll take credit for for the last two weeks. No, I've had I've been one up on you. So, well, let's get into part two of our visit with Bill Payne. Let's do it. You know, I'm, I'm going down to a Rodney Crow songwriting camp at the end of the rec Well, we have recording with Sam, and we, we do three more shows to end the summer concerts. Then I go to Rodney Crow's uh, camp down in Nashville. To, uh, I, I, I was thinking about what songs do I want to play down there and, and or talk about. And Greenville is certainly one of them because it's... it's uh, it's a it's a little mini movie as as you as you know it's just it's uh, very descriptive and it's one too that I think that the music uh, when I write music I try and make the music as interesting as as the lyrics you know and and that intent not that other people don't I mean they they do um, but uh, that's 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 always the thing that I. I come from a very visual background. Yes. As as a player, um, trying to replicate like what I saw at the ocean, uh, the crashing of the waves, the seagulls flying around, the wind blowing spray off the back. You know, I mean, how, how do you present that musically? I, um, so that that's that drives my uh, improvisational skills and the things I've done for years. So. Um, um, so Gringo's definitely one of those that, that, that red Cadillac at sunset slowing down oh. uh, for the night look at that border town. I just wanted the music to slow down there to, to sort of empty out and to give a visual representation of what it felt like to, to be in that moment. I think it was pretty successful. And so for, uh, I was very happy to mention you because uh, um, and people like that song, but you know, for people that w requested it and I couldn't play it, I was uh, happy, happy to throw it in your direction. Speaking of visual arts, um, you're, I know you're an accomplished photographer. Are you still uh, doing a lot of photos? I don't do as many as I used to. Um, uh, the vacuum has been taken up with uh, uh, writing this book. Right. It's. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'm not taking photos because I am, but in terms of working on them, I'm, uh, 
I put it. What I meant to say earlier, you guys, is in writing this book, it is like writing sixteen symphonies. Mm. <laughs> they're really just they're, there's a lot of. I mean, I've got notebooks that I'm just coming up to that begin around seventy one, uh, and then day at a glance books that started seventy three, and uh, so when I was actually marking things down oh call Bonnie call Bonnie and of course it's Bonnie Ray but uh, that was 1973 so uh, um, I just saw Bonnie in San Francisco uh, mm. oh gosh a week and a half ago two weeks ago and, and we were uh, we were talking about when she came over to my house uh, I lived in North Hollywood <laughs> and I had, was playing George Jones Conway Twitty and that kind of stuff wow uh, we, we went to to hear George Jones at the country club in North Hollywood, I think it was. And, uh, uh, I'm trying to figure out, if I, I know Mary, Play, Mary Kay Place was with us, and I thought it was Emmy Lou Harris, but I don't know if it was Emmy or not. So I'm going to try and figure out the timeline with things to to see if, well, I didn't need Emmy until 74. Let me see if I can find out what George Jones was like the country club that kind of thing so it's uh, those, those are the, the uh, I'm telling the story as truthfully as I can I know I'm going to make some errors in there because that's the way things are but uh, it's, a, it's a good story that's, that's fascinating I've always loved Bonnie Ray and she must be just so oh, much fun too. to work with yeah. she and Paul were, uh, were a couple at a time weren't they yeah, she and Paul, but she and uh, Lowell, uh, you know, they were, she, she's, uh, like Linda Ross has always had interesting uh, men. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot thank you enough for your time, Bill, and if there's anything you want to add, uh, please uh, feel free. Well, I, I, I want to thank you both, uh, Tom and Kat, for for holding this conversation with me. Uh, I, I, I'm very, very thankful for it. I mean, it's, you know, we've been around a long time, like you said, Tom, 30 years of knowing each other. And uh, uh, that in itself is important. The, the era that you came in to this group was very important um, because it, it opened things up to the fans. And I want to say, too, that I know there's there's some rub here and there with 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 some of the fans that they they look at us with with our with new management. You know, well they're not the same. I, we are not the same. So I'll say that flat out. We we uh, we we have other. We finally have managers that can, as I say, that can can move things. We're not not using our fan base or not appreciative of. Of people, um, but COVID set things into a, a situation where we couldn't meet with people like we used to, for example. Uh, and even though it's, we think it's over, it, it isn't. I, I just there was a person I worked with uh, uh, in Miami. Uh, I wasn't there; I was working from my house. But she fell ill with COVID just recently, hmm. so it's still with us. And so we're we are a little careful. We're you know, not not that careful anymore, but 
uh, that spectrum is still with us. So it's, that's not management dictating what we do. That's us dictating what we do. It's, it's out of, uh, if we get shut down on a tour because of, of, of whatever, um, that's our livelihood. We, we can't afford to do that. Um, but we, we hold everybody in very, uh, in the best regard, you know, and we, we do get together with people out there and, and uh, we're, we're working on something for next year for where we're going to put it, whether it's Jamaica, Mexico, Hawaii. Uh, let's spend February in, uh, in Reykjavik. No. <laughs> in Iceland. No. Uh, no, we're, we're working on putting something together that, that allows all of us to, to get together and mingle and, and, uh, and share stories and share our love for each other. I think that's that's really, really important. And that's that's what this conversation is about, too. It's, it's uh, um, sharing the stories, sharing the love, and uh, I'm glad we still do it. Well, I hope I can be there uh, when and where it happens. And, Bill, Me too. Uh, lots of love to you. It's it's so good to catch up. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Kateri. Appreciate you both.
Plus, Piero Mariani on percussion, Daryl Leonard on trumpet. Are you ready to represent the mambo? Tom? I'm always ready to represent the mambo. What is the mambo? Is that a? <laughs> it's a dance. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Should we go take some dance lessons? No, and... let's let's not and say we did. I think it would be fun. Okay, I'll just <laughs> dance here in in the studio and uh, do my own mambo. Well, our thanks to uh, Bill Payne. What an what an incredible visit we that had. That was him. what a nice guy. He I'm, is. I'm really, really, really looking forward to meeting him, and. For all of his new music coming out. Oh, it sounds like he's got a busy, busy future. I, I love it. And um, and I'm sure maybe you can go on tour again with him. <laughs> maybe. Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? I And I, he might need a photographer. So he might. Both of us. So, <laughs> yeah, let's let's think about it. Let's keep that on, you know, maybe make a subtle suggestion to him <laughs> that we both know a couple of good photographers. And our thanks again to our official produce sponsor, Melissa's Produce, melissas.com. Thanks, Robert Schuler. Yes, and next week we're going to have Sean Roberts inside the spotlight. Right. And Chef Nandita, who will talk about curry cravings. And maybe we'll have a few uh, interviews with the chefs from uh, the, the Chef's Open at Peltzer Winery. Sounds good. And so we're going to finish up another one with uh, Bill Payne and Little Feet. Sunday's First Light. Uh, there's a Little Feet song called Just Another Sunday, and uh, if you know that song, which I'm sure you don't, you'll hear uh, little bits of it interspersed throughout Sunday's first light. Little Feet fans will know it. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you, everybody. See you next Sunday. Have a good week. Bye.
Hi, this is Martha Davis from the Motels, and you're listening to 10 Temecula Entertainment Network.